I, I think um, uh, trying to gather um, multiple prospect, uh, perspectives on, on, on something, all right? And, uh, and uh, it, it sort of like contradicts to what I just said earlier, right? So in a way, in a way you, you don't want to be distracted, right? But at the same time, when you are building plans and when you are basically looking at everything and even, even just deciding whether, whether this project is, uh, is going to be something that, uh, that may grow into something big, I think uh, various uh, perspectives from, uh, from people with different backgrounds, particularly with, uh, with the business background, uh, are extremely helpful. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey, and I am your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's uh, grown uh, several businesses to seven and eight figure companies, as well as uh, founded, uh, started and founded Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And today we got a, another great guest on the podcast, uh, Michael, and now I'm going to absolutely slaughter his last name, Mal- Malikov, or I'm going to say his fastly and, and try and blend it together so I don't mess it up too bad and I have to apologize so Michael's actually done the podcast once before and he did an awesome job and but me and him were the only ones who got to see that episode because of all the episodes we've done that was the one or one time that the file got corrupted so he's on for a second time to tell his story yet again and he's gracious enough to come back on but appreciate that and uh so if it, if it sounds like we already have talked with each other a couple times that's why it is so give you the quick kind of background a bit on Michael and he'll tell in greater detail. So he was a biochemist and a molecular biologist uh, by training and um, has been uh, loves and does a lot of with uh, the test tubes and running the experiments and doing all that, but then found out that he uh, created some shoulder pain and uh, went to try and fix it. Couldn't find a good solution. So he decided he was going to come up with it as, with it on his own. And now you'll see what you see in the back behind them is the solution that he's come up with. So with that as an intro, welcome onto the podcast, Michael. Thank you very much, Devin. Uh, I thank say, you. Welcome back onto the podcast. <laughs> right, right, right. Thank you, Devin. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bummer. It didn't work out first time, but that's all right. We'll do a better job now. <laughs> maybe, it was, maybe it was a prompting that we'll, now we, we didn't do a good enough job the first time, so now we have to do take two. So anyway, right. so with that, I gave a bit of an intro, but, you know, so maybe walk us through and, you know, the inventive journey, as, a, as the name implies, is talking not just where you're at today, but kind of the journey that led up to where you're at today. So with that kind of in mind, you know, walk us through a little bit about the journey of, you know, kind of where you're at and how you got to where you're at today with uh, Gyrosleep. Right, right. So um, I was always a nerdy kid. Uh, you know, I, I was one of the guys who spends a little less time uh, playing in, in the yard and, and more time doing some weird experiments or uh, whatever. And uh, so I ended up becoming a biochemist. And uh, the problem with the, with the lab work is that uh, you work in a very... Um, asymmetric position so that affects your posture and you know keeps you in those awkward positions for hours so uh, I actually started having uh, back pain pretty early on when I was about 29 years old and uh, eventually it was growing up you know the the problem was uh, exacerbating uh, little by little and then eventually I had to do something so I started swimming and that's when I developed shoulder pain as well 
And um, at that time, basically, my biggest problem was that uh, I uh, could not sleep well because I would go to bed and I cannot sleep on my shoulder. This was my preferred position. I couldn't do that. Uh, my, my backbone was always misaligned and I couldn't find comfortable position in bed. So I started looking for things and, uh, and unfortunately there was nothing. There is a bunch of different pillows, one for the waist, one for the uh, knees, one cervical pillow, one pillow that you can put behind, uh, behind your back for elevation and so on. But uh, you know, as soon as you try to change your position, uh, uh, all those pillows left are left behind or you have to get up and rearrange everything. And this is what actually many people who have shoulder issues or back issues or post-surgery uh, 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 patients, that's what they do. So I decided to come up with something on my own. And uh, it, my, my first uh, prototype was a uh, boogie board with two straps on them. So I strapped myself to boogie board and I tried to position myself on the side and that, that lasted for about 45 seconds. I said, okay, that's not going to work. So yeah, I, can I can imagine, you know, a boogie board probably isn't going to be, it may keep your back straight or it may keep you in position, but I can't ima I couldn't imagine trying to sleep that way for any long period of time. Right, <laughs> right, right. So, so basically I, I had to learn along the way, all the mechanistic uh, aspects of uh, the back and, uh, and the, went back to human anatomy, which I never liked at school, but, uh, but uh, basically certain things had to be done. And uh, little by little, I actually built something that was usable. And at that time I lived in San Francisco. I met at that time with uh, process engineering people and uh, they, uh, it's a small company in the Bay Area and they do uh, uh, equipment manufacturing for biotech and wineries. They saw the model and they were enthusiastic about helping me to take it to the next step. So I worked with them, uh, filed my uh, uh, first uh, non-provisional patent at that time. And uh, so, and, and, and little by little I was working and uh, I was actually using the device for some time, for nearly two years. And that dramatically helped my shoulder and that actually allowed me to sleep. So, so the device was working, but, but it looked ugly and uh, it, it was not, um, you know, it was not sexy at all. And whenever I tried to show it at that time to some people, uh, there was not much uh, um, uh, interest. So, and uh, probably in the year 2014, I uh, basically had to move back to Russia because my, my parents had issues, right? So I needed to be there. And, uh, and um, after a couple of years, I returned to the U.S. and, uh, and what and then, happened... If I jump in just really quick, and I think part of that, you, so you, you started to develop it, you kind of came up with the, what will not be the genesis of gyrosleep. But then, you know, as you know, mothers also, there's a necessity of all invention. When the necessity goes away, so does the invention, so to speak. And so I think when we talked a little bit before that, you know, you, you started to work on it, started to develop it. And then the shoulder pain and the back pain and that went away for a period of time. So, you know, that in combination with having to move back and help parents and, and go back uh, and take care of them for a period of time, you kind of shelved it for a period of time. Is that right? Or you kind of put a pause on it? 
Precisely. For almost three years, I didn't do anything. Uh, it was basically that, yes, I had other priorities, plus this, uh, the, the entire project, everything was here in the States, and I, at that time was, uh, was back to Russia. So it was impossible to work. And, and you're right, it, it, there was really no need for me to use it because I, I felt good. And then in 2017, I had an episode of frozen shoulder, uh, or also known as adhesive capsulitis. And if people don't know what it is, great, but, it, but, but basically it's a condition when your shoulder is, really hurts and you can't really lift it at all. You can't really do much with your right arm. And that, that's what happened to me. And um, that was the moment when I realized that, look, I already have a solution ready, right? I just need to go back and I need to uh, make it more usable uh, for people with this type of condition or other conditions. And that's when I actually uh, uh, returned to the US, it, it basically coincided, and I uh, pulled everything out of the uh, warehouse and I continued and I started to continue to work on it. This was the time when I added uh, motors, gears to actually allow so that the device will actually uh, receive the user and then uh, descend to a horizontal position and then allow rotation uh, and only manual operation. So that, that device was made. I showed it to some people. There was quite a bit of excitement. I showed it to a ver variety of doctors. I already saw that, uh, that at that time it looked just good enough to communicate the idea and to explain what it really was without uh, without forcing people to actually listen to you, right? So, so this is this is a relatively radical uh, uh, change to the existing uh, um, uh, devices that are available on the market. So, this is uh, this was built from first principles. It was not an analogy to a mattress or any existing device. Therefore. Uh, comprehension from from most of the people was relatively slow so basically with the with uh, once i devised my first device with uh, with uh, all the movable parts that was already uh, a big step towards uh, a proper explanation and uh, and then i started working on this one with, which is a fully robotic device which is operated by an arduino processor it's programmed it has a capability to correct all the uh, um, movements to respond to the movements of the user. It can be operated not only manually, but also through the uh, uh, timer or uh, sensors that will react to the user's movement and so on. So, so basically, uh, uh, yes, it was, it was an almost 10 year, old, uh, 10, 10 year long journey that uh, included three major uh, uh, campaigns. So far, and, and I think that's, you know, that it, Sometimes the journey takes short, is, is quick and you get it done and sometimes it's a longer journey. But one thing I, that we talked a little bit previously and um, it was, I thought it was interesting is, you know, initially it started out, I think it's kind of a side gig or a, a part-time hustle or, you know, really just solving the solution. And then, you know, you went, took the, or put or set it down for a period of time, went and did other things, helped with the family and whatnot. And then as you had the flare up, came back. You decided, I think it was, you know, around this time last year, so about a year ago or so, to jump in and do that, you know, as, rather than as a part-time, you know, gig or as a, a side thing, to do that as a full-time uh, endeavor. Um, you know, what was kind of the decision? Hey, you know, why, you know, leave the job, make, jump all in, you know, how did that go? And, you know, what made you decide to go that route? Um, I think two major factors that, uh, that uh, basically helped me to make that decision 
was uh, number one is that I, I already started to see that people uh, react to the um, idea and the prototype differently. Uh, right, so that encouraged me and, uh, and uh, uh, several people, particularly people who had either an immobile person in the family or people who had their own back and shoulder issues, they immediately started seeing the advantage of this and they reacted differently, they asked the right questions. So that, that basically told me that I'm on the right track. And the second contributing factor was that one of my former co-workers uh, actually even inquired, he, he wanted to invest in my business because he saw that this, uh, this may have a potential. So, so I, uh, I, I took his money and, uh, and that was the time when I said, okay, so let's, uh, let's quit. Utilize his money, not took his money, but utilize his money. Right, <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, so basically that was the time when I said, okay, I will, um, uh, do this 100% now, and uh, I even went further. I uh, left California to stretch the money, and I moved to a much cheaper uh, Las Vegas to <laughs> to be able to do it, uh, uh, you know, with more confidence. And of course, Las Vegas is also the city that has uh, many of my friends who are athletes and so on, and many of them have shoulder injuries. So this is the right environment for me to be at right now. All right. No, I think that's it. So now that you, you made the leap, you said, okay, got the investor, got some money to actually pursue it, going to do this full time, going to go all in, you know, and that's what it's going to take. And so how is that, you know, since going full time about a year ago from now, not, you know, I think you mentioned it was July, which tomorrow will be July. Um, right. you know, how has it gone? Has it been a good journey, a good venture? Has it had its ups and downs? Has it been everything you would hope for? Or have you regretted it or what, or how's that gone so far? Right, right. It, it's, you know, it's, it's like, like this. <laughs> so it's going up uh, in, in the long term, but of course there are some hiccups and, uh, and uh, certain things that, uh, you know, may not work out. And uh, it, it basically covers all areas, including engineering and uh, whatever other things I tried to do. And, and sometimes it's, it's just a matter of uh, COVID happened, right? So so if, if previously I could get some parts, let's say from China in, in two weeks, now it takes uh, probably four to six weeks, but, but I'm still moving ahead. And uh, I think three major things that I had to, uh, that I planned to accomplish in this one year is obviously build this model, uh, build this advanced prototype, which actually shows it, it has all the features of a plan that are planned for a commercial uh, uh, device. So, so I did that. And then I uh, hired a consultant. I worked on the business plan uh, presentation and so on. So that was also a large chunk of my time. And of mm -hmm. course, I needed to file an additional patent that would cover the uh, these new uh, uh, retractable parts and the algorithm. So that that basically was another a large chunk of my time that was dedicated to this. Uh, there are a few other things that I'm trying to complete, and uh, that is growing the team and. Uh, and uh, advancing uh, this to the public, telling more people. Uh, th this has been lagging behind a little bit, but now, now basically as I completed these certain things, I can actually concentrate and, 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 and do these things and eventually, uh, uh, and eventually start a massive fundraising campaign. Well, not massive, but, but the, uh, <laughs> appropriate enough to continue this business. Okay, no, fair enough. So 
that makes uh, good sense. So now is you to do that. So six, next six months to the year, I think you've already outlined your ask the question or, was already, or answer the question I was already going to ask, which is, you know, so now this is a time where, you, you know, you can see the, I don't know if you'd call it a prototype or, you know, first run or whatnot, but you've got it to where it's a functional or product. And now you're going to move over to additional fundraising in order to get it out there in the marketplace, as well as, you know, go out and do the sales and the marketing and pitch and find those people that you can help. So as we, as we then jump to, you know, what I kind of is, is uh, wrap up the each podcast with, maybe we'll jump to that now, which is, you know, I always ask two questions at the end of each podcast. Um, so the first question I always ask is, so what was the worst business decision you ever made? Um, I think uh, I think I did it twice with with various projects, but uh, but I think uh, for me uh, it was uh, a distraction from the original plan. So uh, once you have a good plan uh, that you worked out and you thought through it, and uh, and then um, and then something happens, or you meet someone who simply looked at, looks at this and says, um, "This is." probably not going to work. Uh, uh, th- th- that is the time when, uh, depending on several factors, including the authority of the person you're communicating with, this is the time when you can make a decision uh, and say, oh, maybe my plan was not good uh, um, at all, and uh, I need to basically abandon this and start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and it happened to me, and, uh, and I think, and I think uh, that that was a wrong decision for me, right? And, uh, and if I, uh, let's say, continued to, uh, um, if I continued on the, on the path and uh, maybe I could have pivoted and adjusted certain things but not completely abandoned and changed the strategy, uh, in my opinion, I would have been uh, much farther ahead now. Okay. No, I, I, that that's, uh, certainly makes sense and it is a good lesson to learn from. So now as we to jump to the second question I always ask is, so if you're talking to someone and, you know, you had a, you know, a 10 year journey and, you know, had its pauses and, and reengaging and full-time, part-time and everything else. And so you have, you know, you've gone through a good journey with it. If you're, but if you're talking to someone who's just getting into a startup, just getting into small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Um, I, I think um, uh, trying to gather um, multiple prospect, uh, perspectives on, on, on something, all right? And, uh, and uh, it, it sort of like contradicts to what I just said earlier, right? So in a way, in a way you, you don't want to be distracted, right? But at the same time, when you are building plans and when you are basically looking at everything and even, even just deciding whether, whether this project is, uh, is going to be something that, uh, that may grow into something big, I think uh, various uh, perspectives from uh, from people with different backgrounds, particularly with uh, with the business background, uh, are extremely helpful. So um, uh, obviously, very few people nowadays do things in the vacuum, right? But uh, but even with the availability of all the resources, sometimes it might be just difficult to simply contact someone and say, "Hey, look, uh, you know, you you have an MBA, I I don't." Uh, what would be your take on this particular thing, and uh, what what will be your reasoning? Uh, how how would you approach this problem? And uh, 
it, if you find that kind of person, if you have availability to do that with several folks from different, uh, let's say in my case, I could have, I, I spoke to people who are physicians, I spoke to people who are engineers, business personnel, people who are involved in, uh, you know, such businesses as hospices and, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, hospitals and so on. So basically get their in perspective from variety of uh, uh, different, uh, you know, uh, uh, specialists is extremely important in, in, in a building a, a good plan for uh, moving forward. All right. No, I think that's uh, good advice. And so um, to be able to get the, you know, I think it's, you know, you kind of, it's almost cliche or it's almost worn out that you get the idea that surround yourself with smart people or, you know, people that are smarter than you, but in the sense of, you know, let's get those perspectives if they're perspectives of people that can offer something different unique or something that will be helpful to the business, certainly helpful to get that perspective as you're going through the, through the journey. So as people are now saying, all right, you solved the problem of fixing my shoulder pain or my back pain or any of my joint pains with the with GyroSleep. And people want to, whether it's invest in the company, they want to get involved, they want to buy the product, they want to learn more, or just reach out to you. What's the best way to connect with you? Um, my website is gyrosleep.com. Um, so this is uh, this is the name of the web, of the product, GyroSleep. And uh, there is a form, a contact form that you can fill out and, uh, and I will make sure to respond to you as quickly as I could. All right. Well, I uh, definitely encourage people, whether it's uh, looking for the, the, the final solution that will make your uh, shoulder or back pain or other things go away, or just uh, want to know more about it to reach out to you and, uh, and connect. So, well, Michael, I know it's the second time on the podcast, and so even more than normal, appreciate you coming back on. It's been, uh, you have a fun journey to tell, and I think uh, what you're doing is uh, certainly exciting, and wish you as you, the next uh, leg of your journey where you're marketing and fundraising and putting it out there. All the best of luck, and uh, certainly it'll be exciting to see how it turns out. Um, for those of you that are interested in uh, telling your journey on the Inventive Journey, um, feel free to apply to be a guest on the podcast at inventivejourneyguest.com. And uh, for those of you that uh, want or that are listeners, make sure to subscribe so you can catch this episode and get notifications of all the new episodes as they air. And if you need any help, all, all, as always, if you need any help with any patents or trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law, and we're here to help. Michael, thank you again for coming on. It was, it was as fun or even more fun the second time as the first. And I wish you the best next leg of your journey. Thank you very much, Devin. Thank you very much for this opportunity. And uh, best of luck to you and to everyone who is listening. All right. Thank you. Thank you.